a lot of people like to be an influencer, which they can influence people to do things or see things. I like to call myself like just a resource. And by being a resource, I make myself readily available for my followers to have conversations with. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. So what does that mean for you? Well, if you are a first-time listener, I just want to take a moment and pause and recognize you and say, welcome to the Kelly family. Our whole show revolves around helping you your business, your organization, and even your leadership grow. So if you have a question that you're wrestling with, if you are an organizational leader uh, who's just simply trying to uh, find resources and in any way we can help, or you just know of a guest that would make an awesome person for our show to talk to, send us an email to ROIPod. That's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U again. ROI pod, ROI POD at IEPUI.edu. So now that everything's online, everything is all about social media and getting your brand out there, being aware. You know, one thing that's been popping up a lot when you ask children, you know, especially kids in middle school, high school currently, you know, when I was growing up, there was never an option to be able to be a YouTube influencer or a social media influencer or some Instagram famous person. You know, that was never a thing. But now today, when you talk with the younger generation, that is a potential career path. I mean, it's not an easy one to get into. That's for sure. It's just like acting or being the next greatest musician. I mean, it takes work, it takes dedication, and it takes having a vision that you believe in to to make it happen. But it is a realm of possibility. So, you know, even if you're not inspired or maybe it's not your goal of being, you know, the next uh, YouTube famous person, but you just want to better your social media presence. You want to better your brand presence. You want to be a big voice in a very crowded arena. What do you do? Well, we are honored today to be sitting down with an entrepreneur, a food and lifestyle journalist, and He's the founder of the Where's Mike G social media movement. I'm honored to be to bring to the show Mike Gillis. Mike, welcome to the ROI podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's uh it's a blessing to be able to come on this podcast, you know, of the same school that I attended and, and received my degrees from. So I appreciate you for having me. So, you know, let's go back a little bit uh, to this whole Where's Mike G social media movement. I mean, what we'll get into later is that now this has become not just, um, you know, a social media movement. It's also becoming a brand. It's also becoming a business, you know, that you're operating and starting to grow. So go back to the beginning, you know, about where this whole idea started, where this hashtag, you know, the where's Mike G hashtag that turned into, you know, something that kind of took it off, taken off to the point where you can turn it into a business. Go back to the beginning and, and what led up to that? I mean, honestly, I think that um, growing up the age, I, I was born in 93. So growing up, I was able to like experience life without technology. And then also with technology from, you know, Playstations and Segas to the first cell phones and razors and Blackberries to, you know, the smartphones that we have now. 
Um, and understanding that, I also grew up with all the birth of all social media networks. So I was there when Tagged was around and uh, MySpace was popular and Facebook and everything else. Um, and then going to college, I knew I wanted to major in marketing because I knew I wanted to do something in business that could reach other people. I never knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do marketing and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So um, just with that, that fuel in me, I went to, you know, IUPUI Kelly School of Business and it was intentional because I wanted to be able to make real connections with a city opposed to a college town. And that was one of the big draws for me. So honestly, everything I'm doing now started then. It started back in 2011 to 2015 when I was, you know, riding my bike or, or going to different restaurants, going to different coffee shops downtown just to get off campus for a minute and to check out the city. And along that journey, I was just, you know, sharing the things that I was doing. And at the time, it was just organic. It was just me honestly sharing, you know, that I'm at Mojo's Coffee and I'm just getting some coffee and getting some work done. Uh, but it turned into a lot of people asking me like, man, where are you at or what are you doing or what's that place like? So I would say it just birthed from me being uh, consistent on social media, just, you know, sharing my lifestyle. Um, and then noticing that opportunity, you know, to turn family and friends into, uh, you know, people that I could, you know, help figure out what to do and when to do and where to do it, you know, in Indianapolis. One thing that always strikes me is there's always like a moment where a brand really can look back and say, it was this moment that took off. It was this moment when things really got started. And even with your journey, you know, uh, there's a moment when this kind of uh, went from this idea, this thing you're working at to it exploding. I mean, talk about the trip that you went on uh, where, you know, when you were abroad with the, with the Kelly, Kelly School of Business crew and that running that kind of a joke of, you know, you were never seeming to be like around or running late, right. but that became part of this whole movement. Like talk about that, like that moment when it took off. Yeah. So that moment, um, actually I, I, I was on social media and I had somewhat of a big platform, uh, going into my senior year of college and it has started to be a distraction. So, uh, what I did was, you know, I deleted all of my social media or deactivated it and I stayed off of it. Um, and at that time, like I said, I was sharing, you know, different coffee spots and sharing shoes and clothes and everything I was into. And I had a, a nice size following for, you know, Instagram to be fairly new at the time, um, Twitter and everything else. But after I took that hiatus, uh, my senior year, I said, you know what, I'm going on this spring break trip my senior year uh, with the Kelly School of Business Sports and Business Program. And we were going to Spain. And I said, that's going to be my big comeback on social media. I haven't seen people, people haven't seen me in a while. And then next time they see me, I'm going to be in Spain, which is like, you know, doing something, especially from where I'm from. Um, so going on that trip, uh, we had class, you know, weeks leading up to that spring break trip. And, you know, we all got pretty close within class because we knew we were about to travel together and spend 10 days together in a foreign country. So uh, it was we were like I said, we were all pretty close. But once we got to the airport, um, you know, people were taking different pictures and stuff. And I was just always like not around whether it was like people getting food or people doing this or whatever. I don't know where I was at, but I just wasn't around when they were taking pictures. And then um, someone just asked me, like, we keep asking, like, where's Mike? Where's Mike? Like, oh, my God. 
And that whole time I was trying to think, like, I'm coming back on Instagram. What should my name be? And I just couldn't think of anything clever. And they're like, where's Mike? And I'm like, that's what my Instagram name is going to be. But then I was like, let's put a G on there because it's enough mics around. Um, So let me just put the G to, to make it exclusive to me. And that's so fun because that fits right into what you were doing even beforehand, whether you was intentional or not. And sometimes you get those breaks where you started your, you know, this whole movement beforehand by going and recommending places, you know, offering tips on, Hey, here's some of the latest clothes that I'm into. Here's some music that I'm into. If you're looking, you know, for something new here, let me help you get something new. And then that just kind of almost fell in your lap. Like, where's Mike G? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like where's Mike G this time? What coffee shop is Mike at now? You know, what clothing store is Mike at now? You know, so was that, was that something like intentional that you were, you know, that was in the back of your mind or was this something that was just like a really cool accident? Like I say, it was a really cool accident. Um, that whole time, um, I had just remade all my pages and everything. And I had like some dummy names, but none of it was just like, none of it was hidden for me. Like it, none of it was just sounding good or feeling good. Or when I looked at it, it didn't have a good aesthetic. And I was just like, I don't know. But when they said that, where's Mike? And I was like, where's Mike G? And I'm like, that's what my Instagram name is going to be. So as soon as we got on that plane, um, I updated everything. And I was like, that's perfect, because then even better, the first time people see me, where's Mike G? I'm in Madrid, you know. So let's talk about the principles that guide, you know, what you do, because everything has, you know, things don't happen by accident all the time. Like this was an awesome accident. And I think as business leaders grow and as organizations grow, you do find accidents along the way that are the best things that happen to you, but they are preceded by an intention. Like there is an intentionality that I am going to do this and I am marching for it, whatever the cost, like I'm doing it, period. And so along the way, part of that journey, you know, you, you get those fun little accidents, but a lot of times 90, probably 99% of the time it is work and it's a grind. So talk about some of the principles that you've, you've adopted, you know, to stay up with, uh, you know, the latest trends or how do you, you know, manage or what recommendations do you have on making sure, um, that, uh, your, your brand and your awareness and your presence is consistent. Um, I think that that just goes like how I was raised of just being authentic and being myself, um, and never moving based on things that, uh, make me feel uncomfortable. So I think with everything that I do, um, I'm just honest and transparent and I'm myself. So everything I'm sharing or everything I'm doing, uh, you know, of course it might be work, but at the same time, it's authentic to me. Um, and everything in between just is what it is. But the advice that I would give is to, especially if you want to get into, you know, like you said, YouTube or blogging or anything is one, uh, Find something that you truly enjoy that you would do even without it being a job. Um, And then two, understand that it's going to be a grind. It's going to take time. Um, And then three, a major focus that I think people don't realize is building relationships and maintaining and sustaining those relationships because that'll just take you a long way. Um, Everything's not about money. A lot of things are about, you know, building those relationships. 
So when it comes to building content, I mean, that's another big thing and, and putting things yes. out there because if you stop, you know, your brand stops, especially with social media, especially right. podcasting, you know, so what is your strategy when you, or how do you approach just content? You know, how do you come up with your ideas? How do you think about, you know, what's going to make a great post today uh, versus, you know, what's not, you know, do you have a lens and have you built that up or, you know, talk about that process. Yeah. So with that, um, like as you were mentioning, um, consistency, consistency is the main thing for me, but it's gauging your audience to know how consistent you need to be, uh, because being over consistent can be like, you know, overbearing at the same time. So you just have to find that happy medium within the audience that is following you. But at the same time, I would say with me personally, I try to get up two to three like static posts a week where, you know, things are on my page. People can actually see and go back and see it. But other than that, I try to stay active pretty much daily. Um, a cool Instagram hack is if you stay off for a day or two, don't post static or on your stories. You are able to gain more visibility when you do come back. So some people think you need to post every single day and that is detrimental. So sometimes it's good to at least have a day off a week. So that's one little hack I have. And that's something that I, I usually do. Uh, I just choose a day out the week, depending on what I have doing or what partnerships I'm working on. Um, but outside of that, creating quality content is what's key because, Anybody can take a picture of the same food that I'm eating or the same shoes that I'm wearing, but taking it the right way, having the right angle or having the right lighting is essential. And I think that's just a process. Um, I think that it takes time to know what looks good and what doesn't. If you go back and look on my page two years ago, you'll see photos that look completely different from the ones that I take now. Um, and acknowledging that, um, depending on the partnerships, depending on what kind of ideas I have, and what kind of money I can make, um, I come up with different ideas. So I might shoot a whole video with a videographer. I might do a whole photo shoot with a photographer, or I might just use my iPhone to take pictures. But again, I think that that just comes with time and um, understanding what your audience wants to see. I don't need to have, you know, a 4K camera taking pictures of food all the time if people are going to consume that on my on their phone. You know, but if I'm working on a campaign and we're thinking about getting stuff on billboards or whatever, we do need those 4K pictures. So I think it's just, you know, putting that time in to understand how people are going to consume the content that you put out. And then also how you would want to view the content, because for me, everything that I post or everything that I take pictures of or do videos, I want it to be um, as good as possible. I look at social media like television because it is you know people consume a lot of or they they spend a lot of time on there and just like a commercial come across the screen if the partnership makes sense i want a commercial to look like it'll be on tv so the big thing with marketing obviously is engagement especially with social media yeah. well, content's one thing and it's very important because it draws people in but then the engagement's a whole nother thing and probably right. the lifeline uh, of, of a social media platform. If you have people interacting, commenting, liking, loving, sharing, you know, what you're doing with everyone else, you're obviously going to grow in that capacity. 
So what do you uh, work on? How do you uh, work to build that level of engagement? You know, because the static posts are one thing. Hey, look, check it out. I'm at this coffee shop. Hey, I got these shoes. But yeah. what do you do? What's what's your philosophy or your approach to building uh, this this relationship with total strangers online? That's a great question and a great point um, about engagement. Because like you say, you can post, you know, great quality content and nobody cares at the same time because you don't have any engagement. I would say that um, engagement for me is essential. Um, but a lot of people like to be an influencer, which they can influence people to do things or see things. I like to call myself like just a resource. And by being a resource, I make myself readily available for my followers to have conversations with. Um, I treat, I treat my Instagram and Twitter and everything else like a personal business account. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm having, you know, true personal conversations, but at the same time, it is business. So I do follow some of my followers. I do interact with them, you know, because in turn, they'll interact with me and we can build a rapport and build relationships, whether we know each other in real life or not. And whether that opportunity comes or not, um, especially when you look at the pandemic, it's a lot of people that we've all interacted with that we probably normally wouldn't. But by uh, interacting with people and not just waiting for people to interact with me. I feel like I build a better rapport with my followers. Um, and then, like I say, being a resource as well, where I'm posting about food, I'm posting where to go, what to do. So I always open it up. You know, if people have questions about where they should go for anniversary dinner, where they should go for Valentine's or where they should go with their friends who are coming in town or the best breweries or distilleries. I always, you know, open that up and have those conversations. And if I don't know, I have the resources to find out. Um, so yeah, I just keep an open dialogue and engage with people even when I'm not posting. You bring up a really interesting point is this idea of a two-way conversation. And I think a lot of, it's easy when you have like your own personal account, it's easy to say, okay, you come in with a mindset that this is my online persona. So obviously I'm going to interact and if someone asks me a question, I'm going to respond. But I do think yeah. a lot of businesses fall into the trap where they wait for people to walk into their front door of their business to sell a product. And in that same mentality, go enter social media where they yeah. wait until someone asks them a question or enters their quote unquote digital front door before that interaction starts. But, you know, as we've seen with a lot of online brands, what's, what's really starting to work is these companies starting to take on a personality online and starting to engage and re-engage and act almost right. as if they're a personal or just as if they are a person, if the brand was a persona. So talk about what you do. I mean, when someone, when you're having a two-way conversation, you know, how do you approach starting those conversations? You know, when do you, you know, know when to comment, when to not? Because I mean, at the same time, like if there's, you know, you get a 10,000 comments, you get even a thousand comments to respond to each and every one of them, man, that's going to take up your whole day or, you know, to be, to have that personal. So where's kind of talk about some of the balance and your approach and how you start building that two-way conversation with your audience. Yeah. So as I mentioned, yeah, one of those things is, you know, talking to people who comment on my stuff or talking to people um, in direct messages when they reply to stories or things like that. But uh, what I was saying about taking a step further is actually comment, like 
following some of my followers, uh, which I do follow a lot of people as well, and interacting with them on their page, um, with what they post, because it's just a different conversation at that point. Um, just like somebody would comment on a picture of my food or something that I do, I can comment on theirs too. So I try to make time uh, within each day to scroll my Instagram for a little bit and at least like some pictures, comment on some stuff, share some items with other people. Uh, because at the end of the day, like I say, building, like I've talked about before, building those relationships is what's key. I feel like I have true relationships with a lot of my followers, not everyone, of course, but building relationships, whether it's, you know, business to business or me business to consumer, uh, or in a lot of cases, consumer to consumer, because the things that I like and my followers are going to, you know, we're both consumers, even though I'm getting paid on one end of it. Um, I, you know, and argue with everything that I post. Obviously, this is a journey like any journey. You're an entrepreneur, you're building this brand, you're building this business. You get a lot of celebrations, you get a lot of highs, especially when this movement takes off, when your brand starts making sales and it actually turns into mm-hmm. something where you're like, whoa, I can, I, this can be my business. But there's a lot right. of pitfalls that I don't think a lot of people see or there's a lot of, uh, you know, you have to do a lot of legwork to get to that point. So as you reflect back on your journey to building your brand, building the social media movement, what have been some of the hardest lessons you've had to learn? The hardest lessons? um, I feel like I learned them before this journey uh, because I always, once I start doing this, even in school and when I got out, I knew it wasn't sustainable at the time. So I worked, um, I worked corporate jobs. I worked two jobs. So I put all the time and effort into working, you know, 16, 18 hour days. And I had been doing that for three, four or five years, working two or three jobs just to sustain the lifestyle that I want and like to live. Um, so I knew in order to be able to do exactly what I'm doing now, I was going to have to put that same exact time, effort and energy into something which was my own brand and everything that I do with myself. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest sacrifice was just, you know, time and understanding that, you know, I won't have time to celebrate those highs. I won't have time to dwell in the lows because I got to keep pushing. It's always about keeping the next thing going. I think the other thing was the thing that I truly learned though was uh, diversification, uh, making sure that, like we mentioned when you introduced me, uh, food and lifestyle journalists, which is one stream of income, but then also um, understanding opportunities to be a consultant because the way my page looks, um, a lot of businesses reach out and they want their page to not look exactly like mine, but they want it to have, you know, good content, good representation. They want people to interact. So that's where um, I do digital marketing consulting for a lot of small businesses in Indy um, and beyond because. Um, They see my vision. They see that they need help and they trust me. So the hardest thing is uh, just gaining people's trust and then sustaining that trust, uh, whether that be my followers or whether that be working with a business to, you know, have them believe and trust me for their digital marketing efforts. One thing that I think you and I can relate on, and I think a lot of people can relate on, is when you're creating content, when you're building a brand, when you're starting an organization, you are working extremely hard at first with little to no results. You know, for instance, I mean, the with this podcast, we put 
you know, I can't tell you how many episodes, maybe 50 episodes before we started seeing some really good growth. And I'm sure in the same right. way with you, you, you probably, you could put out so much content, but it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Like it feels like you're getting five people checking in and, and liking, or, you know, you're not getting the results you're hoping to get. So my question yeah. to you is what do you do to stay motivated when you're working so hard, when you're ready to give up because you're like, man, I've been cranking at this for six months solid. I mean, hard work, and I have not seen the results that I'm should, I should be seeing or I think I should be seeing. But, you know, reminding, I mean, obviously, as we know, there does come a point where it flips, you know, where, where that all that work does take off. But getting to that point's hard. So how do you, you know, through this journey, how did you stay motivated? Um, I just stay, I stay motivated and I stay motivated now, uh, just because I know, I know exactly the lifestyle that I want to live. I know how I want to be able to provide for my family. I know how I want to inspire others. So, um, it just keeps me going to, you know, do all of those things. And outside of that, I just appreciate life. Um, I've went through a lot in my life and I understand that at any moment it can be gone. So just really appreciating life and understanding that you know things can get tough and things can get hard but as long as you keep going um you'll reap some benefits but i would say to anybody who is starting any kind of business and you don't see those results right away you know you just got to keep going um you have to adapt you have to do research you have to learn and you got to understand whatever industry that you're in um like for me for, for instance I know right now if I go to a food restaurant, it'll do better than a taco post. Or I know if I post chicken wings, it might do better than a burger. Or I know, you know, it's certain things that I know based on the trial and error, um, understanding my followers, understanding the the scope of the game. Um, so, yeah, you just got to you got to keep going and you got to be consistent. And, you know, it's not going to work right away. Like, that's just. The, the honest truth some people get lucky most of us don't you got to really put the work in um and i think that it's more rewarding when you do put the work in one and then two while you're putting that work in it's really like your own research so then it's like you truly know to whereas you had a cheat code or you bought likes or you bought followers you would never know what to do because you know you it's just it's just different i've worked with I've worked with, you know, people who, you know, want to see sales transpire from working with me. I worked with people who want likes just from working with me. I worked with people who want followers. So, uh, yeah, I think you just got to understand whatever your goals are, whatever the person you're working with goals are, um, understand the industry and then, you know, just keep at it until you see some of the results you like. And even then, um, that's when you got to press the gas. And I feel like that's where I'm at right now where, you know, it's time for me to really press the gas. So I'm putting places together to build a team where I can keep sustaining these relationships as well as, you know, growing and scaling everything that I'm doing. Which brings to this point of personal gratification and personal satisfaction. As you said earlier, you've worked in the corporate worlds. You've worked at times where you had two to three jobs at one time and you know, you're doing work, but it may not have reached fulfillment. Even though you're probably working harder now than you did with all three of those jobs, yet 
you're not, I'm sure not as burnt out and you probably have more of a sense of personal fulfillment of knowing that I feel like this is what I was made to do. So for organizational leaders who are on the fence, maybe they're in the corporate world and they're looking to kind of jump, jump into entrepreneurship. They got this idea Mm -hmm. that they want to take off with, or in this frame of, you know, social media, someone's got a really cool persona they want to create on social media, but they really don't know what to do or they don't feel like they have the time. You know, talk about the reward of now where you sit versus where you were before you started this journey, how much personal gratification you have because of the authentic work that you put in early on. Like I say, I'm I'm always looking at the future. I'm always looking at where I'm at currently and I'm still not where I want to be. So I don't even I don't even entertain that, you know, maybe that, that same question in five years, I feel like I'll be able to, to look at it different, but I'm just stuck in the ground right now. Like, I don't, I mean, you know, like I, I just released my own wine and people are more happy and excited for me than I am for myself, just because I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about, you know, the next thing, which I'm trying to be better at. I'm trying to learn how to uh, relish and live in the moment and enjoy things. But just not where I want to be yet but I will say that I was a terrible employee like I didn't it just it was no satisfaction at all I knew that everything that I was doing like that was literally just for money and you know money doesn't mean everything to me uh it's a resource that we definitely need but that's all I was doing those jobs for so uh, when I took that leap of faith, I truly was doing it for happiness. So, like I needed peace. I needed to have, you know, that true peaceful mindset to know that everything I was about to put my energy into, everything I was going to put my efforts into, um, I was going to reap some sort of benefit. But I say I was a bad employee because even going into job interviews, I was telling, you know, they ask you where you see yourself in five or 10 years. And I'm like, you know, hopefully I, you know, gain some information here and I learn things I need. But ultimately, I want to be an entrepreneur. And looking back at it, uh, me and one of my uncles laugh all the time about it because it's like in that moment, I'm I'm just being transparent. I'm being honest and I feel like I'm saying the right thing and I'm not lying. I'm, I'm telling you exactly how I feel. But from an employer mindset now, when I think about it, it's the worst thing that you can say because it's like, well, I want somebody who's going to grow and build with my company and, you know, the thing, the organization, nobody who wants to use me for three years and leave. Like I said, I just knew it wasn't for me. Everything that I'm doing now, I was doing outside of work. So now I can put, you know, 150% into everything I'm doing because I'm not tired from an eight hour job and exhausted because I didn't want to be there anyway, physically or mentally. And I think you hit on a really good point because you're not the only person that has aspirations on doing their own thing, building their own brand, starting their own company. That's what entrepreneurship is. That's what, you know, made this country so great. And that's what, you know, continues to push forward. Um, You know, so much of the American dream is the opportunity that you can take that risk and you can take that journey and go. And so, but there's something there that, really grabs a hold of you because it's it's more like I think you you tapped on it without realizing it is that it's you know it's like this idea of being a part of something bigger than yourself it's not just getting a paycheck doing this work for exchange of a paycheck and then just rinse wash repeat 
but you were talking about the idea of happiness, the idea of feeling self-gratification, building this brand, building something bigger. But I don't think one time you mentioned it about the money with this specific position, which I think says something about what you're doing. You know, and so uh, what I was trying to get at is just, you know, for organizational leaders out there who are really wrestling with when is my chance? When do I need to start? Whether that be an entrepreneurship, whether that be building a brand online, whether that whatever that may be, you know, there's something there that's deeper than just getting that paycheck every single week. I think it's when when it's time, you know, it's time uh, one. But if you feel like you're on the edge and you don't exactly know when. I think that for peace of mind and for creativity and for you to be able to be consistent and everything, I think it's smart to at least have, you know, two to three months of all of your monthly expenses taken care of or at bare minimum um, have some kind of contract locked in outside of whatever your current job is to know you have X amount of money coming in because um, it will get tough. It does get rough. I mean, when I first quit my job, I had one client that I was working with, um, I had like a check or two left coming, but at the same time, I knew I wasn't the best videographer. I knew I wasn't the best photographer. So I was still paying people, even though, you know, I wasn't fully compensated. Well, I was fully compensated for the work I was doing, but I knew that if I could have, you like mastered those traits, then I would have been good on a month to month basis. But making those sacrifices. Uh, one, I built relationships with photographers and videographers. And two, um, you know, the client was much more satisfied. So I think that having that, when you know you have money saved up and you know that you can move a little bit more freely and you don't have to worry about things, it's a little bit better because I feel like if I was worrying about money when I first quit my job and I didn't know what I was going to do, I probably would have been greedy and said, you know what? I can take these pictures. I can make these videos. They wouldn't have been as good. The client wouldn't have been as satisfied. Um, he wouldn't have referred me to other people. I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing now. So I honestly just feel like uh, it just takes a lot of self-awareness. Um, you had to reflect on where you're at and where you're trying to go and then how you're going to get there. Uh, but at the same time, you got to be uncomfortable. Um, because it is uncomfortable to be like, whoa, I was, I was good with those, those checks every two weeks. I was good with those benefits and I was good with, you know, everything that that came with, but, you know, mentally I was in a terrible place. So for me, it was like, it's just time to go. Finally, where can people find you if they want to check out more? Where can people go? Best place to find Where's Mike G? Uh, to find Where's Mike G, you can find me, um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Snapchat, any social media network or website, just where's Mike G? Again, Mike Gillis, entrepreneur, food and lifestyle journalist, and founder of the Where's Mike G social media movement. Mike, such a great time with you on the podcast and such an honor to have you here. Oh yeah, definitely appreciate you. Uh, like I say, uh, have me on this podcast. It's an honor, you know, graduating from the university and then being able to come back on and talk and hopefully inspire and you know, connect with other business leaders and, and all that good stuff, you know? This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indian University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. Here on the show, our mission is to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.